Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The 2021 NFL Draft is in the books, but there is still plenty to wager on over at betonline.ag. You've got the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and oh, by the way, you can still bet on plenty of football-related items, rookie futures, NFL futures, who's going to win the Super Bowl, how many yards are some of these top rookies going to throw for, run for, receive. It's all available to you at betonline.ag. Check it out today. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert and Jamie Eisner, just the two of us. I would sing the song. Just the but, two? Well, oh, you're right, gonna, was, you killed I my was, momentum there. I was worried about a little copyright infringement, so I wasn't we sure if we were going to. talk about fantasy if you try. Just the two so of us. So it is just the two of us here on the Monday edition of the just show. The two of us. And Jamie, okay, I, would just like, I would just like to let the record reflect here. If at any point during the show you are going to call a, a, a football player and have them on the air, you need to let them know that they're on the show oh. and that what they're going to say is going to be put out in front of the world. I just want to make so that clear. So have you seen the latest on this, that there's now there's this other camp that thinks that was all staged? Okay, so you know that as of recording this, I have been back in Phoenix for uh, uh, like 45 minutes. I, I've been traveling all day. So when I landed on the plane back here in Phoenix, I saw what had happened. I saw the Julio Jones phone call with Shannon Sharp on uh, whatever whatever that show is called, Undisputed, whatever it's called in the morning. Yeah. And so, yes, I have seen that there, there are these two camps that have kind of broken out here. The Shannon Sharp did Julio Jones wrong on national TV camp. And then there's this other camp of this was all kind of staged as Julio's trying to move the ball along, trying to get this whole process going. And we've learned that he did ask for a trade a couple yes. of months ago, and he's trying to force his way out. And that's not the main topic we're talking about here on the show today, but I feel, Jamie, no, like we, we should, have we should get into start it, the show here yeah, with this I mean, because look, I don't think Julio Jones plays for the Atlanta Falcons again. Well, no, I, I don't think he does either. And we'll get into the buy low, sell high, non-rookie dynasty candidates that we promised you. We're going to get to all that in the show. But this is the big – I mean, it's 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 freaking May. This is the biggest topic in the NFL right now. Look, I don't care either way here whether it was set up or not. Like you said, we know two things. One, we know for a fact that he's asked for a trade. And two, we've been able to confirm independently of the, any other reports that the Falcons are indeed listening to offers and are trying to trade him. Can we add a third thing? Sure. Julio Jones absolutely clowned the Dallas Cowboys on national TV. So good. And I, I, and I think I tweeted about that. Like, don't let that get lost in the fact that everybody's talking about I'm out of here. Uh, that he just absolutely clowned, ethered, as the kids these days would say, the Dallas Cowboys on national TV. So you got to love that. But Can I, can I tell you the place that, I fe- that feels like the most sense to me? The most sense from a real-life standpoint? Yes. Okay. It's the Tennessee Titans. Okay. They need the talent, um, and I guess there's there's at least even though again you're not really making a deal with the head coach unless you're in New England. You know there's there's a somewhat connection there with Arthur Smith being in being the head coach in Atlanta, although he's not going to be the one that makes that decision. It makes sense from a need standpoint. Um, it makes sense from a they can't stop anybody on defense, so you might as well try to outscore everybody standpoint. Um, but I'm not sure that it's they can make the, all the financials work. Uh, for fantasy purposes, that would be intriguing. Um, I still think that's not probably the best. I know that's that you think that's the best destination for him for fantasy. I don't only because it's not a high passing volume team. So I think you're going to start to see a 
reduction in production just simply because you're going from an extremely high volume passing team at the time. That's not what I projected them to be this year with Arthur Smith there to a, a fairly low projected passing sure. team. Just, they're more efficient, I should say, than they are in a volume play. Okay. Are you going to tell me Indy? No, I actually want uh, – no, because I don't trust Carson Wentz. And they, they need would, it, would be my but I don't trust Carson Wentz. Yeah. San Francisco intrigues the hell out of me. Oh, no. It does. I, I know the QB situation still up in the air. Is it going to be Garoppolo? When's it going to be Lance? But, you know, yeah, the Kyle Shanahan connection. He knows Julio. Julio knows him. Like, there's there's a lot to a lot to be said there. Okay. And they he do said need he, an alpha. But he like, said he I wants like a, to go to a place to win. That You could win in San Francisco. That team was in the Super Bowl two years ago. Now, I know that I picked them to win the division, so you know how I personally— well, What are you saying, then, if okay, you picked them to win the division? Talking out of just, both sides of your mouth, no, Chris. Oh, just because I personally think that they're ready to win doesn't mean, one, Julio Jones thinks they're ready to win, and two, they feel like they're in a position to make this kind of move because right now the asking price is a one. Not saying well, that they're, they're, they're going to get—they're not getting Spoiler, they're not getting a one because everybody knows that's what's happening here. They'll get a two. They'll get a two, probably two plus. Or whatever that plus is going to be will be the differentiator between who actually gets Julio Jones and who doesn't. I do not anticipate they'll get a one unless they're willing to take a like a one a couple years down the road, which I don't think they want to do, but who knows. Uh, but to me, I think San Francisco would make a lot of sense. Um, New England makes sense. It doesn't move the needle for me. Like I, I don't think the Patriots have all of a sudden – to win better team with Julio Jones, like it helps. It, it's good for developing a young quarterback whenever they get Mac Jones in there, but there's still a fringe ish wild card team at best with or without Julio. Like uh, Baltimore's names come up a lot. They have, they have to do some cap stuff to make that work, but that I mean, would be do, really fun. But again, it's we, another low passing volume team. Like do, do we do the green Bay connection? Need a wide receiver. I, I, have I don't been know trying how to get the a, money work. Quite frankly, no, like I know, but like that's an easy connection to make. Sure, it would. I imagine it would make Aaron Rodgers happy, but at the expense of what? Like that, 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 where that equation comes. Like I don't know how they make the money work there with that. So that would be fun. That would be the best case scenario for fantasy purposes, right? That's the best case realistic yes. scenario. Is it, yes. having Aaron Rodgers throw you the ball and having Devon, now probably hurts Devonte Adams a slightly, but you would still love what you're going to get there overall. But this this is going to be interesting. So I think what we learned here doing this exercise is there isn't really a perfect fit here that makes sense from both sides. And each of these fits is going to come with some downside. Others have bigger downsides yes. than, than others, but there is downside no matter of the teams we just mentioned that Julio Jones could go to. So I don't know if this is going to be a hot take or not, which is a great way to preface the statement. I don't think Julio – so I've already done my projections. A spoiler yes. alert. They're not going to be out yet. We're oh, go is this, them on is the, this the conversation that you and I had over the weekend? Kind of, About but Julio not Jones? really. Uh, I don't think I'll actually have Julio Jones ranked higher or projected better than I have him right now. When I did the projections, I assumed Atlanta when I made his projection. I don't think those numbers are going to get improved upon no matter where he goes. Now, I don't think Green Bay is a viable scenario. That's why I'm saying that. But I think the most likely scenario is, is I don't see his fantasy value going up. What does happen here is Calvin Ridley takes a jump. Russell Gage takes a jump. Kyle Pitts takes there a jump. Olamid Zacchaeus takes a jump. Um, I think Matt Ryan takes a small notch down, but I don't think he doesn't drop a tier or anything, but he, you may be talking incremental point differences. But I, I think that's like, I don't want to reveal it yet, 
but I have Calvin Ridley very high. You know, we talked about this yes. in the pre-show. Yes. Uh, and as a reminder for all that, we're going to be on June 1st. There's been actually an update to obviously if I'm going to drop my oh. rankings. Projections will come out in the middle of the month, but special for TD and fantasy listeners, we're going to talk about the projections anyway at the start mm-hmm. of the month. So they're not going to be available online yet. They're not going to be available for everybody else, but for our TD and fantasy listeners, you'll be able to get that inside scoop right away. Okay, let's get to what we planned on getting uh, to today on the show. Jamie, you have put together a list that I am going to probably disagree with. I'm going to argue with you about of in dynasty formats. You have put together, correct me if I'm wrong, four buy low candidates in fantasy, in dynasty fantasy when it comes to veterans and three sell high guys in dynasty fantasy that you would like to discuss here on the show. Technically five for buy low, but I have a two pack together. And, you, and we'll talk that's, about why that will make sense. That's not what you said. The message in the pre-show was, I have four buy low guys and three sell high guys for the show today. I, I, I The message well, is I, right Chris, here. I lied. It's unbelievable. I lied right to your face. And by to your face, I mean over Slack while you were in a different part of the country before you got on an airplane. Okay, so go ahead. Where, where do you want Which Do you want to be negative or You're positive? The host, you tell me. Where, where do you want to go? Now, be negative first. Give me the, oh, give okay. me the guys. Give so me the, sell high? Give me the, yeah, give me the sell high guys. Well, well, how about we talk about a guy that you've been trying to sell this whole offseason? That's oh. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, um, here's the thing with me. Right now, I, I took a look at the updated Fantasy Pros Dynasty Rankings in PPR format. So those are the rankings uh, that I will be referencing here for the rest of the show. Uh, so check out those guys. Uh, good, It's a great resource. Right now, Alvin Kamara is going as the number five overall player in the RB5 in Dynasty. This would be redraft rankings, like if you were starting a Dynasty League right now. My concern with him, as I've stated on the show before, is that his numbers have fallen off fairly precipitously with either Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill as his quarterback instead of Drew Brees. Now, they were significantly better with Bridgewater in that five-game stretch a couple years ago than they were in Taysom Hill's little experimental starts this last season, but it's a concern for me. Both times he was well under 20 points, and to me, I'm afraid I, I, I don't have him. I'll give you this spoiler. I do not have Alvin Kamara projected to be a 20 fantasy point per game player next year. And I think once people start to see what that Saints offense looks like post-Drew Brees, his value might start to drop. I don't know if the 2022 Saints starting quarterback is on that roster right now. And if it's not, it might be another young player that's going through some some rookie stretches or a trade candidate that didn't get to start somewhere last year. Whatever it's going to be, it is a murky quarterback situation there. And so much of Alvin Kamara's value is based on his volume. So – I don't think he's going to be bad. I still think he's he's still a top six running back in my rankings. That's another spoiler there. He's still going to be really good. My concern is going to be if you have an opportunity now to trade him to somebody who values him as a top five, top six, top seven overall dynasty player, I cannot see a scenario that I would feel super comfortable with that he is going to be in that range again a year from now. I'm not saying you have to trade him. You're still going to get a lot of production out of him. But if you have somebody that's willing to give you and willing to pay the price of taking a top five overall player, I'd do it. Yeah, well, I, you you know the plight that I've been on trying to make a Alvin Kamara deal happen in my dynasty league, and it's not going very well. Here's the weird spot that I'm in with Kamara, Jamie, and and, and tell me if tell me if I'm wrong in thinking this. Right, Gladly. I, I look at this from a standpoint of I'm concerned short term with Kamara, but long term, once they kind of figure out this quarterback situation. He's still only 25 years old. I still think there's a good f- four to five year window here of Kamara being at the top tier 
of running back. And so when I look at it from a fantasy perspective, I'm more concerned about the short term than I am the long term. So it puts me in this weird spot dynasty wise because I'm trying to win and Kamara's clearly going to get me points, but I might have to take my lumps here at least this year and probably a little bit of next year. Yeah. And look, your lumps are still going to be top 10 running back. Like, sure. I mean, it's not like you're getting bad value. To me, when you talk about sell high candidates, it's whose value has a chance to really drop. And even if Kamara is going to have a good season two or three years from now, if you're in a spot where you're trying to move him for whatever reason or think you're in a couple year window to move him, I don't see his value going up from here. I think we have, we have seen his value peak in these last couple of seasons. There's a real opportunity here for something to fall down. Like he hasn't dealt with a lot of injury history. He hasn't dealt with prolonged stretches beyond five games of poor quarterback play in his entire career. So there's a chance here that there's some rough patches this year, maybe even next year, and you're not going to get this sort of value for him. Again, he's not a must-sell. None of these guys are must-sells because they're all going to be good players we're talking about here. I'm not going to throw out some like bad name as, oh, sell high on this player that nobody actually wants. But just be warned that if it's somebody you want to move, his value could significantly be lower this time of year from now than it is right now. Yeah, well, I'm certainly trying to move him in my fantasy league. And right now, it looks like he's going to be on my roster week one uh, if the response is to my trade request, which you know I've been sharing these with you yes. uh, behind the scenes in, in the Slack channel is any indication. So I'm on board with this one. Uh, your next sell high candidate, Jimmy. Kenny Galladay. Uh, I'm really low on, on him this year. I'm really low on what's going on there. I don't know what the quarterback situation in New York is going to be beyond this year. I don't think Daniel Jones is very good, and I think this could very well be the last year Daniel Jones is a starting quarterback. Brings back the same questions we just talked about. Are they bringing in a rookie? Depends on how high they are in the draft. Are they bringing in a, a free agent stopgap next year? Also, a lot of weapons there. I, I think from a targets perspective, I would not be surprised if healthy, if Sterling Shepard actually leads that team in targets. You've got Darius Slayton there. You've got Kadarius Tony. You've got Evan Ingram. You've got Saquon Barkley coming back. There's a lot of, and I know they've dealt with different injuries to pass catchers. This has been a two-year theme of us talking about whether we're going to get all these guys on the field at the same time. Golly is also coming off of a season, essentially a season-ending hip injury. Doesn't have Stafford as a quarterback anymore. I have some concerns, and right now he's coming off the board inside the top 45 as the number 21 wide receiver. Uh, I think there's a really good – now, again, and that's depressed from where he was before. So he's dropped a little bit for over the last year, but I think he has a good chance to fall outside that top like 75 by this time next year. I would not be – I think he's going to have a good season, but he's not going to have a good season for Kenny Galladay. Put it that way. And, and I think if – given the fact that you might be entering an offseason next year with no Daniel Jones, maybe a new general manager, new quarterback, all this other stuff happening – Still, most of those weapons being there. Honestly, I'm not, I, I know it's tough to sell a guy coming off of the injury, but I still think that right now, the potential optimism of what he could be in New York is going to actually be greater than what he will be in New York. And if you wait a year, I don't think you get, I think he's going to drop 30 plus spots in these rankings for Dynasty. I think for fantasy managers, I know this is the approach that I take. The more unknowns, the worse the situation is for me. And I think with Kenny Galladay right now in New York, there are too many unknowns for me to feel comfortable with him, both short, I would say, in the next one to three seasons and long term. Now, I'll say this, Jamie. Let's, let's, we did the butterfly effect episode of Aaron Rodgers last week. I'll yeah. throw another one out there for you. Daniel Jones stinks up the joint this season. Okay. 
And New York calls up Seattle at the end of the season, in the offseason, and says, what will it take to get Russell Wilson uh, to New York? I feel a lot better about the situation if Russell Wilson's the quarterback, but that is an unknown because we don't know how that's going to play out. We don't, and now we can probably – not probably. Now we can take Chicago out of the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. Um, so, and then good. Yeah. Look, it's possible. They could, Aaron Rodgers could be available. Russell right. Wilson could be available. I, there's other stuff going on, but Deshaun Watson is going to probably be available. Sure. But to me, to grab a player or to in avoid the trading of. a player in the hopes that they Agreed. land a superstar via trade is asking a lot. Uh, so, agreed. He, here's, again, the way I would, here's the way I present it. move these guys. I'm just saying, if you're looking for guys that are, the whole point of this is guys that could have a significant dip in their value over the next calendar year that you might want to consider trading now if you can get them if you can get a deal done at their current value. This is a guy I would do that because I still think the theoretical of Kenny Galladay again hasn't been away from Matthew Stafford, hasn't had to come off a season-ending injury, hasn't had to contend with this many other pass catching options all over the field, like hasn't had to deal with a quarterback this poor. All of those factors scare me for Kenny Galladay's value is essentially going as a almost a top 20 wide receiver in dynasty. Yeah, and you can probably still get decent value for him now, where if you are skeptical, like Jamie and I are, of what his production is going to be, not only this year, but probably in the short term while the Giants figure out what their quarterback situation is going to be, I think you can you can capitalize here. And I, and I certainly think that if Kenny Galladay is not a guy that's currently on your team, I, I put him on a – I'm not taking him where his ADP is right now, right? I'm no, not taking him where – Another spoiler here. I think he's a wide receiver three this year. And you're just like giving that, away the spoilers on the show. That's fine. I mean, I, I mean, I'll bring up. Look, I look. We've done this. This show predates TDN, it's predates true. Fan Rag Sports. Like this, this is this is an OG show. So I'm, I'm comfortable sharing some of this information ahead of time. But he's a wide receiver three for me this year, and I know that'll be blasphemous for some. And I love Kenny Galladay. I just I have some concerns. The last person that you are completely out on, you want off of all of your fantasy teams, you want no business. No, no, no. That person is who, Jamie? So, no, but they hate that you set me up that way because I'm going to throw, and I I need your genuine reactions. I'm going to throw an off-the-wall name, and then I'm going to explain why because it's somebody I absolutely love, Justin Jefferson. Now, now, Chris is surrender-cobering me right now. What? Hear me? Hear me out. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna give me uh, the here. Uh, you know he's this is the highest his value is gonna be because he can't put up the kind of production that he did in his rookie season. So he's gonna take a little bit of a step backwards. So he's not gonna be as valuable as he was last year. So you might as well strike while the iron's hot. Did I did I cover all the bases there, Jamie? Mostly, but here here's my thought on this. Oh, what a brutal. Do you take. know where he's going right now in, in dynasty redraft? He's he's got to be uh, he's got to be a top five receiver in redrafts or in dynasty drafts. Wide receiver five, yeah, tenth overall. I do think he can match next year. I think he's going to have a phenomenal season. And again, you don't have to trade him, but his fantasy value isn't going up. No, he's going is as the number ten overall player. Right now in dynasty number ten. If if you now this I doubt this is a one for one type of a scenario, but if you can deal with like let's say a team that is trending downward, that's got a handful of really quality assets that you and you're trying to win right now, you could get the moon for Justin Jefferson. And I'm just saying I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm gonna go try to trade for him right now in my league. I'm just saying. That you're you're in a scenario where I don't care. He can he can duplicate what he did last season. His value is not going higher than this. 
like it's a top 10 overall player and a top five wide receiver. Where's he going to move up one spot? So like to me, if you're looking for somebody that you could just fleece somebody for and you could just dan- just dangle that sexy name out there. It's a good, he's a good really, player. Really, really of all the three players we mentioned, They're all good there, is, there is zero reason to be negative on Justin Jefferson. Alvin Kamara, I can understand. Yeah, no, you are though. You are I'm, being I'm negative. not. I'm just you're, saying. You're trying to get off the bandwagon before. No. I'm just saying he's got nowhere to go but down. But I see, I disagree. I think he can go higher. I think I think he could he could ultimately find himself in that top two or three wide receiver conversation. I, I'm not going to say he can't because he's an amazing. Kirk Cousins player. is throwing him the football. Yeah, well, who's throwing him the football next year? Kellen Mond. No, Kellen Mond's going to throw him the ball this year by week nine. So I, I'm just saying, like, if I'm, I'm, you don't trade Justin Jefferson just to trade Justin Jefferson, but if somebody comes to you. With that just godfather, that that godfather offer, and he's sure. a player somebody would do it for because when we talk about some of these godfather offers, it's always with players that nobody's going to actually come after with a godfather offer. He is somebody that they would, and if somebody gives you, I, I don't, I have to look, but somebody gives you this like massive value for him, if somebody comes to you and says, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm starting to leave, I'm going to give you, you know, Derek Henry, and I'm going to give you, you know." Throw another, you know, a, a Tyler Boyd, and I'm going to give you, you know, blah blah blah. Or I'm trying to rebuild. I'm going to give you Travis Kelsey, Ezekiel Elliott, and a receiver. And some of those ones where you're like, man, I'm trying to win right now. I'm going to get myself the number one tight end, a, a top ten running back, a top twenty wide receiver, all for Justin Jefferson. You got to consider it. I I agree, and I think I think prefacing it that way of. You're really only interested in doing this if it is that godfather over the Blockbuster. top. It is. I'm yes. going to fleece somebody yes. with a sexy name. I'm not saying, yes. you know what I mean? With the other two guys, I, I think. I don't think you're actively working reason. the phones trying to find a no. Justin Jefferson trade. No, no. Where the uh, other but, two guys we mentioned, I think you're actively working the phones. But honestly, if you're not trying to make one monster blockbuster trade in off season, you're doing it wrong. I don't like think you should, you should. You should always be trying to get something like that done. It might not be able to, but try it. Agreed. And I would add to that that I don't really think that there's a player in fantasy football that is untouchable. I won't listen to any offers for. So just to just to say that Justin Jefferson, you, you listen. If somebody shoots you a text or sends you a trade offer, you listen. Okay. You don't have to do it, but you do listen. And you're probably right. not gonna do it. But no. Because I don't think you're gonna know. get fair value, but you never and, know. And if you're me, and but again, this is where Dynasty gets really exciting. It's if to me, if I'm on a team that's not contending. Or I don't think I'm going to contend. Like maybe I have like Elliott and Kelsey and a receiver, but then the rest of my team's trash for whatever reason. I'm not competing right now. I want right. Justin Jefferson three, four years from now. I don't care that I'm giving up one and a half or two X what the actual value is for Justin Jefferson because the value to me isn't the next year or two. It's three, four, five years down the road. At that point, maybe you're assuming that the, the Vikings figure out the quarterback situation. It's been a while, but maybe they do. I'm saying th- these types of leagues offer that possibility. And I just, it's a name that I saw out there. And I said, I just don't think he can go any higher than he is now. I'd be willing to listen, listen to somebody that, that just is locked in. I got to get Justin Jefferson, no matter what it takes. And especially if there are draft picks involved. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that can get really interesting here. 
Let's go to the players uh, that you should be texting other fantasy managers. You should be reaching out. You should be trying to acquire these guys. These are the Jamie by low candidates. I, t- I was told there were four. There's apparently five. So, Jamie, go right ahead with the first name on your list here. First name on my list is Darnell Mooney. Uh, he's somebody that, again, you're going to get an upgraded quarterback at some point, whether it's in week one with Justin Fields or at some point when the season begins. Week four against right now, Detroit. That's where I predicted as well. You and I are on the same page here. But he's going right now outside the top 55 wide receivers in dynasty formats, number 137 overall. Uh, I think there's a lot of value there for him at some point in the next couple of years. Not this year, but the next year or two to kind of be inside that flex wide receiver three territory. I think he's going to be a bona fide top 40 wide receiver pretty soon. And to get him when he's closer to wide receiver 60 right now is a tremendous value. Uh, So he's somebody that I am keeping my eye on. I'm not – I think he's going to have a solid season this year. I don't think he's going to have a spectacular year, but I think you're looking at this as a scenario where – is Allen Robinson still going to be there a year from now? How is he going to continue to grow? How is he going to be used in, in the Bell Laser offense? So he's going to be growing with a young quarterback. Might be getting should be getting a bigger workload uh, in the near future. Love that where his current price is. Yeah, I, I think the Chicago offense as a whole is something that we're all going to keep an eye on uh, fantasy-wise. Uh, very much so in the early parts of the season of when the quarterback transition happens and just how much – uh, this offense can grow under Justin Fields in year one because I think a lot of these guys will be, we will be paying attention to. So I like that one, Jamie. Next up on your list. Next up is Gabriel Davis. These are all receivers, by the way. That's kind of how this turned out. Uh, Gabriel Davis right now going as the wide receiver 58, uh, number 145 overall. Guy that had made a pretty significant impact last year and kind of got lost in the shuffle because of Stephon Diggs going to Buffalo and had all the targets and all those catches and was just having a monster season. But Gabriel Davis really started to pick up momentum. Uh, I think he's essentially their wide receiver too, even with Emmanuel Sanders being there now. Uh, He's got double-digit touchdown potential very soon in that offense. Uh, I like him a lot. He's somebody that has a gold star next to him in redraft leagues for me. Uh, He's somebody that I'm targeting in those mid to late rounds. I think it's somebody that she needs to be targeted in Dynasty as well. Again, guy going closer to wide receiver 60 right now that has flex wide receiver 3 potential here in the not-too-distant future. So Stefan Diggs, obviously the wide receiver one there. Don't know if he can replicate the production that he had a year ago, but this Buffalo team uh, loses John Brown. And, and I think Gabriel Davis just kind of slides up to that wide receiver two, where I think Emmanuel Sanders is more of a possession receiver. Wide receiver three is the way I think he'll function in this offense. So I think there's going to be loads of opportunity uh, for Gabriel Davis to kind of pick up where John Brown left off in this offense. So I agree 100%. This rare. You and I agree on something. Oh, no, there we I go. Agree, I agree with you on this one. Let's see if you agree with this next one. Probably not. It's a guy, a guy I've talked about in the show a lot, but it's Van Jefferson. Uh, I think there is room in this in this Rams offense for a number three receiver to truly make an impact. I don't trust Deshaun Jackson to stay healthy or to run enough plays to be that person. Uh, I don't like Tutu Atwell at all, uh, so I'm not incredibly worried about him. Matthew Stafford's been has been a, done a good job in Detroit the last few years of spreading the ball around in different options, whether it was Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola and Hawkinson. So he will spread the ball around a little bit. This is more of a flyer. He's going outside the top 200 overall, going as the number 79 wide receiver in Dynasty. So again, you're not having to invest a, a ton of capital in order to acquire this player. Uh, I, not as sure thing to me as I think Mooney and Gabriel Davis could be, but as a flyer, I'm willing to take on him because he's gonna. there's going to be more than two productive wide receivers for the Rams this year. So the question is going to be, 
who is going to be that option number three? I think Van Jefferson does it, it just from a skill set standpoint, does a lot of things really well. He's an excellent route runner, can play inside, can play outside. I was really impressed with him coming into the draft process last year. I think this could be the kind of the not a, I wouldn't say a breakout year, but like that pre-breakout year where the kind of that player starts to flash. And because I think he's a better player than Josh Reynolds, and he can just slide into the Josh Reynolds role and be just as productive, if not more productive. Uh, and by the way, Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong here once again, but uh, these guys that you're presenting here in this category aren't just guys that you will go out and trade for. These are guys that you maybe should be targeting in, in your drafts in dynasty formats of guys that are going to get thrown back and be available to you in the draft yes. pool that maybe other other fantasy managers aren't keeping an eye on and you should keep an eye on because I don't know if necessarily you should give up a- assets and capital. Uh, to go get a Van Jefferson, but he probably should be on your short list of maybe flyer guys that you want to target if you're drafting here, uh, you know, in the near future. Yeah, if you have a keeper league that throws back players, if you're just starting a dynasty league, um, if you're allowed to trade like low-level assets, you know what I mean? Like those are the sorts of things I'm talking about with these types of formats and these players. Next up on your list, this is, I believe, player number three. No, I already talked about three players. Okay, never mind. Good job, Chris. Ready to count. We're talking about Mooney Davis and Van Jefferson already, right, Chris? It's one, two, two, three. three. This is the combo pack. And we talk about opportunities in Los Angeles. Let's can talk about opportunities in Los Angeles. So, so you, you have to you have to get both of these guys? You can't just get one of them? You no, have you to get, get it's one a package deal? You have to get no, both no, of them? No, no, okay. no. No, no. You, you can get them individually. And odds are you're not going to have both unless you have deep rosters because you don't want to take too many flyers. We're not able to play guys. But both of these guys are really intriguing to me. Uh, right now they are going, both of them outside the top 100 wide receivers. So this first player is going wide receiver 103. The second player is going wide receiver 135. And that is Josh Palmer and Tyron Johnson in LA. You There is a glaring need right now for the number three pass catching option in LA. Okay. They've needed a wide receiver three last year. They didn't, they didn't address that need this year. Now you have a ton of targets in Hunter Henry leaving that offense. Not all going to Jared Cook at his age. Mike Williams may or may not be on that roster a year or two from now. You and I so are you, still skeptical of Mike Williams's long-term future there in correct. LA and what his long-term um, you know, ceiling is there. So what you have is you have an elite young quarterback that needs more pass-catching options, and you have two young guys, one of them taken in this draft, that could emerge as a significant pass-catching threat for this team. Josh Palmer coming out of Tennessee, and then Tyron Johnson, who I like a lot this year. He's going to be you're going you're going to hear about him a lot on these shows. He's a sleeper for, of mine for the 2021 season. I think both of these guys. You need to take a flyer on one or the other or both if you can. Somebody is going to emerge in that number three receiving role. And by the way, that number two receiving role might be open very soon sure. in LA. Sure, they might draft another player. They might add people in free agency. You know, and their name has been bandied about a little bit in the Julio Jones conversation as well, but. There is opportunity in a passing offense with a really good quarterback. And that is what I'm looking for. And that's the kind of the theme here with Van Jefferson and then both Palmer and Tyron Johnson is there's room for a top three receiver in an offense that's going to throw, an offense that has really good quarterback play. Those are the opportunities I want to buy low on, even if I'm going to move these guys later. Even if you feel like, yeah, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to want the Josh Palmers or Tyron Johnsons or Van Jeffersons or Gabe, whatever it might be. They're not in my long-term plans. Maybe I'm loaded with young receivers. I got A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson and and you know Allen Robinson. I'm fine at receiver. Those players you can still turn around and get assets for. And if you're kind of doing this like mining type of a thing where you're trying to get these players early, sell them high for 2X, 3X, 4X, what you end up getting them for, 
These are the type of players I, I would target because there's an opportunity. They might bust and there might be nothings at the end of your bench and you drop them and you move on. But there's a chance these could be assets that are either valuable to your team on a weekly basis or can be valuable as trade chips down the road. Keenan Allen also not getting any younger, going to be 29 uh, this season, only played 14 games last year. So as these wide receivers get older, they get banged up, they miss a game or two. So there are going to be opportunities in this Chargers offense that is on the ascent with their quarterback. So there's going to be opportunities plenty. And, and Jamie, I look at this team and they're going to throw the ball a lot. I, I just think with, with how good their quarterback's going to be, you're going to, in that division, if the Broncos get a quarterback, and you know what the Chiefs are going to do. You know Derek Carr and the Vegas Raiders can sling it. You're going to have to score points. You're going to yes. have to keep up. So there's going to be opportunities uh, in this offense. So you know what, Jamie? Round of applause there. It's very good. That's a, that's a good call it. by you. Uh, go, go, going with the dual L.A. teams there uh, to finish. So three uh, sell-high candidates, four-slash-five uh, buy-low candidates here in your Dynasty format. On Wednesday's episode of the show, we're going to kind of do a similar kind of concept, the overvalued and undervalued rookies. So the rookies that you're going to be drafting. And I'm trying to so acquire we have some ADPs. We finally have some we ADPs do. on these guys. So we can kind of really see what does the early fantasy market think about these players. And I'm trying to acquire multiple first round draft picks in order to get a bunch of these rookies. So uh, I will be paying close attention to what Jamie and Jake will be rejoining us on Wednesday. Have to say about this group, uh, Jamie, any final thoughts here on the Monday edition of the pod? My final thought would be more overarching, and this goes for fantasy football or any other fantasy platform that you're playing on. If you are in a keeper or a dynasty or whatever type of type of format, uh, Devi, whatever it might be, you should always try to be finding ways to maximize your roster based on where you think you are in your current team's life cycle. Are you rebuilding? Are you a, a young, uh, is your team young and getting close to contending? Or are you trying to win a championship as a contender right now? No matter where you are in that cycle, you should always be thinking of what is the best way to maximize the value and accelerate whatever your, whatever that end goal is for you. A lot of times that is keeping an eye on the very bottom of your roster to see who are these low upside players that really aren't starting for me. They're really not, there's not a lot of value in there. There's no ceiling for me. I'm going to take some chances with those guys or knowing, hey, I'm trying to win right now. How can I move a player that's really good on my team to get three really good players? So there are all you should always be roster managing. You should always be doing that because that's that's part of the excitement of being in a league like this. So dynasty content, uh, the remainder of the week, we'll give you, give you those dynasty players a little bit of love here on the show. And Jamie talked about a little bit earlier, those ranking shows, we're getting them ready. We are getting them ready. Almost and those there. are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Jamie update. You've been kind of updating us on the status. Are all the projections done? You were yes. pretty close when I talked. To yeah, you. they're all done. Oh, you know what? I say that you sent me the full yeah, projections over the weekend. I'm able to look at them, get a little sneak peek ahead of the listener so I can prep for these shows. Forgot that you did that. So, yes, they are all done. So we are getting uh, these projection shows ready to go so that we're able to break all of these things down for you. So right here at TDN Fantasy on Twitter and the draftnetwork.com under the Fantasy tab is where you're going to be able to find all of this content. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram, and there will be a ton of rankings and projections related content over the next pretty much the entire month of June uh, on both of those social media accounts. So be sure to follow those. 
Yeah, the entire month of June kind of devoted uh, to breaking down Jamie's rankings and having a discussion about where he finally uh, landed on some of these players with their uh, projections. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. And like I said, at TDN Fantasy on Twitter. It's where you're going to want to be following in the DraftNetwork.com, the Fantasy tab, where all of those projections will be posted. Everybody, have a great start to your week. We will talk to you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.